Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of the Mitchin. We are a weekly food podcast coming to you out of Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins. My co-host is Mitch Law. Hi, Levins. How you been, Mitch? Pretty good. Um, Mitch has spent most of the morning so far showing me pictures from the BET Awards last week. <laughs> um, You're so out of touch these days, bro. I have to keep you informed. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, and then last week we said we wanted to talk about the Fargo finale. As well, yeah. did you watch Fargo? No. Oh, all right, and Prodigy, <laughs> Maybe. And Prodigy passing away. Yeah, there's, there's lots of non-food stuff we that didn't we didn't do we, any we, of it. We, we, need, we need to have like a weird little recap at the end of each episode of like non-food, non-food stuff. We, ha- we actually the secret is of the mission that we hate food. <laughs> 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 uh, we have a guest today, uh, and uh, she is a return guest. Um, last time she was on, she was in limbo, mm-hmm. um, uh, coming to Australia um, from San Francisco, Chez Panisse. Um, to work for Maryvale at a as-yet-to-be-named, when, when she came on, as-yet-to-be-named restaurant uh, in Paddington. We knew it was going to be part of, part of the Paddington Inn kind of complex. And, uh, the Paddington the, complex. Sorry, the Paddington. God damn it. <laughs> you and everybody else. You and every other delivery driver that sends our stuff to the wrong place. Well, that's the other secret of the mission is that <laughs> I'm a delivery driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the restaurant has opened. Uh, it opened at the end of last year. Uh, in October. In October, yep. That's that's technically the end. Don't try and correct yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. You're <laughs> There'll right. There'll be plenty right. of opportunities you're to correct right. me later in the episode. <laughs> uh, and the restaurant is called Fred's. Um, and so joining us from Fred's is Danielle Alvarez. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back. Great. I think um, the last time you had me at the end, I joked about Fred's opening like you know, uh, maybe in the winter or something like that. And I think it opened like eight or nine uh, months after, after that, <laughs> that joke that I made. So really embarrassed. But anyways, it happens. Well, so here we are. So, I mean, we will talk about Fred's um, at some point. But before we, I want to talk about that limbo period. Mm. What's it like being brought to another country with the idea that you, I mean, I, you know, everyone knows that plans don't always run as smoothly as they set out to. But, you know, when you were out here for over a year, yeah, like uh, two and a half. Two and a half years? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, right. It's all right when you're on the payroll for two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I worked though. It's not like I was sitting at yeah. home. But yeah, it's a weird, I guess it's it's definitely a weird thing. I think back on that time now and I feel like, oh, what was I doing that whole time? But, you know, I, I, I worked with a company and helped open Kuji Pavilion. I worked at the fish shop for a while. I worked at the Paddington. But it's never like, it, it wasn't what I was brought here to do. It wasn't my own thing. So I had to really work hard to maintain focus on what I wanted mm. Fred's to be. So keeping in touch with a lot of the farms that we wanted to source produce from, like that's kind of where I kept my head focused 
and then just got on with the day-to-day of the other job that I was given. So it was weird. Limbo's weird. It's not particularly inspiring, but I always, you know, had the goal. So that was good. Yeah, and funnily enough, when you were last on um, during lim- your limbo period, you were on with Louis Tikaram, right? No, no, it wasn't. Wait, 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 no, you were there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I was there, but I wasn't on the show that day. No, no, no. Last time it was with Mike Eggert. I was afraid you were going to bring him back today. <laughs> to debate on air with him. Mike's man. <laughs> <laughs> um, whenever he, whenever he comes on too many people tune in so we gotta we gotta get the <laughs> listeners now <laughs> yeah. um but louis Tikaram, um in, you know in a different country yeah uh, the one that you came from yeah st- stuck in this that similar limbo period when he while he waited for ep and lp to open except yeah. he wasn't working but he was on the payroll so he, he, <laughs> he had, so he had the best of yeah. both worlds i guess yeah. so fred's is open now yeah um and uh it's very much like uh like a, a big open kitchen yeah. up there in pannington and uh you know, your, the the food is. Well, you can explain the, the food a bit. Yeah, better, I mean, I, it, sure. it, I guess Fred's. Uh, it's not, although it is like a very grand and beautiful, surprising room. I think it's also meant to be a bit understated, as is the food. You know, nothing that we do there is really conceptual or over the top or anything. It's all very simple, straightforward. Um, but that's where I came from. That's what I learned is just kind of honest cooking, and I think the idea of opening up the kitchen and sort of bringing everyone into the kitchen is to expose that honesty even more. You see everything happen right in front of you from start to finish, if you're curious. If you don't want to watch, if you don't want to look, you don't have to, which is (laughs) the beautiful thing I think about Fred's that I've noticed is people, they come in, they go, wow, this is amazing. But then they get into their conversation. It's not so much on your phone like it seems like people are very connected and talking to each other which is great even Mitch when you go eat there I haven't seen Mitch in there a little bit yeah, I seem I've, to miss I've him I've been to Fred's a few times and Danielle's been here once yeah <laughs> <laughs> which he likes to remind me of a lot everyone usually gives me shit when, <laughs> my restaurant, so I'm like, when I get the opportunity yeah. to give someone else to ship I'm, back I'm happy to hand it <laughs> so you were brought to, uh, to, to work here you know with the idea that you would bring what you're you know known for your, your cooking background to australia during that that which is like a kind of like i guess is it like american european yeah well i think californian, californian cooking is yeah. is a mix of those things and i guess God, that kind of <laughs> you really don't know anything about food do you? <laughs> well i hate it I know. <laughs> we've established that at the start of the episode <laughs> yeah so i think trying to bring that sort of I guess California, a lot of freshness, a lot of herbs, like that kind of thing, which translates so easily here because it's a similar climate. Um, you know, I don't re- quite know. I'm figuring out more what Australian food is. It's, Us too. Yeah. Are we? I, Maybe not. I don't. Um, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But um, I guess it translated for me. It was a pretty simple move. I think it works well here. But in that limbo period, did you change? anything drastically that you know you came out here with an idea of, of, of doing something over here and then in that time where you're actually just spending time well, eating and getting you know the city yeah I think um, just eating around Sydney um, is very inspiring there's a lot of really good chefs here doing really good food I think since Fred's opening there's probably a few things that I or ideas or inspiration that I picked up along the way it's not not anything particular but something I probably never would have seen in California a lot of that is kind of the Asian influence which isn't as strong back there um, when you translate it into like European style of food um, but people do that here with such ease and I think 
I've found that really inspiring. Now, we always talk about the difference between, uh, you know, food in, in different countries. But after last week, we spoke at length about Pe- Pete Wells, mm, the food I was critic. I bring that up too. What, what, what about the difference in food critics in America and Australia? Um, well, I got to say, I didn't have much... I didn't have any direct experience with them in the States because I, you know, I always worked in restaurants there, but I was never head chef. So that was new to me here is being so hyper aware of them here. Whereas out there, there's maybe a couple um, in San Francisco. The writer for The Chronicle was the big one. But, you know, I worked at a place that he would just come in to eat at. He wasn't coming in to review. So I think um, there may be a bit more honest out there a little bit. Really? Well, Seeing, reading some of Pete's reviews have been, you know, his bad ones, I feel like have been particularly heartbreaking. And I'm not sure I've read that many from people out here. Yeah, but maybe I just haven't been the, here long enough. The harsh enough. review doesn't happen out yeah. here anymore. If, if a review is going to be really harsh, then it tends not to get published. Because yeah. they get sued. sued yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah. I guess that's a really Which is surprising dynamic. that they don't get sued in America, the land of suing the land everyone of for everything. Yeah, yeah I don't know how they can get away with it, but... Yeah. We were, t- we were talking about the Pete Wells episode last week and it's obviously none of us were written about it, you know, but how, what's it like to but actually have article. your restaurant oh, featured in? Yeah, yeah, incredible. I mean, especially as an American, I think mm. to have someone like him come out and um, recognize us and enjoy it and, and put us into the category of you know, we all do different things, you know, but even just to be mentioned along those guys is pretty special. Um, but obviously he's a hugely regarded food critic and working for one of the greatest papers in, in the world, in the business. So, yeah, it's a huge honor. Amazing. Yeah, so Fred's was featured alongside Fyodor, Mamafuku Seibo, um, Automata, and Esther. 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 Yeah. Which is a pretty, the- pretty, like it's pretty, it is a pretty varied list of, 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 you know, fine diners. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not really fine diners. Well, you know, higher, higher end restaurants. Yeah. I guess it's interesting too, to see like an American or, so, you know, someone who has nothing to do with uh, dining culture in Australia, come in and, and pick those because I'm sure that a diner that, you know, loves a couple of those other ones doesn't maybe include the other ones in their like top five. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think, people here tend to it's interesting that he went to three places that feature like a wood-fired oven or yeah. over coal as the sort of one of the features of the restaurant kind of thing and how did he like choose to go to those places i wonder i don't know yeah who chose who for told him, him to mm. go to those who places chose for him, yes. yeah but, you know like uh, there is a lot of you know a lot of our listeners were and and, and maybe our hosts were, were, were somewhat disappointed in that article um but i think we would have been so much more disappointed if the list was like you know, Key, Bannalong, uh, yeah, yeah. Rockpool. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Like, I mean, I think it is cool to feature... Um, did we get s- feedback on that? Lips? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to it in a moment. An, an so, I didn't hear it. Do you want to fill me in? What did people say? Yeah, I haven't heard it either. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not even an admin or have ex- access. <laughs> for, for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made Mitch an admin of the Mitchin page because I know he would like all the Mitchin posts from the Mitchin account. <laughs> yeah. and it's just a bad look. I love doing that. <laughs> you liked uh, your own photo. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we, uh, we spoke about this article last week. Mm. Um, and uh, this is after we, we drank the Wu-Tang liqueurs. Oh. 
Don't do that. No. Yeah, do that. <laughs> um, of course, Lee Tran had something to say. So, uh, <laughs> regular guest and uh, and co-host, and, and, sorry, host of uh, the podcast, The Unbearable Lightness of Being Hungry, the original, and some would say best, Sydney food podcast, um, Lee Tran Lam, um, weighed in. Whoa. Yeah, with, with paragraphs upon paragraphs. <laughs> with she loves writing a freaking novel it, on But it's all, it's all pretty amazing. And I think this is a good way to continue this conversation. Okay. Um, she said, uh, I just want to pipe up in defense of Pete Wells. He didn't set out to write the definitive guide on Sydney, but the five chefs whose cooking impressed me the most. He says he could have easily written about coffee or how much he loved Cabramatta or how awesome the yum cha was. And maybe that's when he would have dropped some praise in the direction of Mr. Wong. But I wanted to look at what was new in town, is what he said. And that led me to the generation of chefs emerging in places like Fyodor. I thought his list was pretty great. He name-checked Automata and Esther for being restaurants worthy of global attention. I would totally agree. I don't think he was saying that Asia has zero influence on the young guns who are doing excellent things in Sydney. His words are, of course, a spectacular Chinese, Vietnamese or Korean restaurant may open next month. At the moment, though, Sydney's newer chefs are tilting towards North America and Europe. I think if Moon Park was still open or if he'd been there when Paperbird started up, um, we need to get the, the Moon Park boys back on because they've got a new... Uh, New, oh, new yeah. restaurant opening, which is very exciting. exciting. They might have had a good chance of being mentioned. And maybe it's just me, but it seemed like he was getting tomatoes thrown at him for not writing the perfect Sydney list. Again, that maybe didn't seem like it was his intention. Maybe I'm just being a Pete Wells nerd, but I think he wrote a pretty awesome piece about mostly unassuming chefs doing inspired things in Sydney. That's nicely. You unassuming? Is that a compliment? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> unassuming. Let, never let him see you coming. <laughs> <laughs> No what one are said, your no one said it was a bad article. No, no, no. No, no one no. said it was a bad article. Lennox is like 40 plus years old, right? So he's not really What's uh, Lennox? From Fyodor. Is he? Oh, right. Yeah, he's got to be. This is could be could we might get we could, we could, we could get to his age wrong. Sorry, but, Lennox. <laughs> I don't know. I disagreed with a few things, but I've already forgotten because I wasn't really listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Mitchell podcast, everybody. <laughs> no, I I I think um you know the, the the big point was that you know that he did focus on 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 didn't focus on any restaurant that had the Asian influence on it. I remember what I have the issue. She Lee Chan said these were her five his five favorite places. To have five favorite places, you have to go to a hundred places. He probably w- only went to those five places. Yeah, but you no know one is I mean? going to pay him enough no, to, no, to come in a hundred. But yeah. she's saying that he he's talking about his five favorite chefs. The five chefs of the president, but the he's most, talking yeah. about the five restaurants that he went to. Yeah. Which he was, who knows how he was directed to go. There. Look, I, I think whoever did, whoever had the job of choosing the restaurants for him to go to, did a they didn't good do a bad thing. job. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. I mean, worse. like obviously he comes here with, ex- this is what I need to achieve. Yeah. This is what yeah, people yeah, are telling yeah, me I have to yeah, do, yeah. and blah blah blah. And it's nice that he went into them and he enjoyed them, and he yeah. didn't walk out thinking, "Oh God, a things are terrible shit. here." Yeah, exactly. You know, like everyone's talking about this, and the food actually sucks. Yeah. But you know, he enjoyed it. I, I see totally what you're saying, like. I think that, as I said before, I think that's what's impressed me most about Australian mm. cooking is that Asian influence. And whether or not that was happening when he came and ate here doesn't change the fact that that it's is the makeup yeah. of Australian cooking. Yeah. And he might have, you know, just but not like, seen it at that moment. Like we said, at least that piece of writing, hopefully it brings more eyes down here, which then hit everybody as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is the point. It, yeah. it, it can't be bad. I feel like has it been good for you guys that article Uh, you know (laughs) anytime something really good gets written there's always like I've noticed a bit of 
you know, higher, um, like elevated expectation from everyone, which I find a little bit disappointing because I like to be unassuming. And I always want <laughs> you know, to. Everyone knows you like to yeah, be unassuming. <laughs> I like to be understated, and I, you know, I don't want to be like we're awesome. You know, come here. Um, but so, so you get a lot more crankiness sometimes. I think from people. The expectations. Yeah, so I, yeah. But what's cool is I see a lot more Americans coming in, and they come up to me and they're like, "Hey, we're American. Where are you from?" And I love that, and they enjoy it. And a lot of people have eaten at Chez Panisse, and they can see what we're doing, and they can connect with it, which is something I think a lot of people out here maybe, you know, they don't see my background and my connection yeah. to it as as to why we're doing it like this. Um, so that's good, but there is a bit of like, yeah, it brings people in, but then it also brings a certain kind of people sometimes that you're not too excited to be serving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you've is, is there other articles that you know? Because we, we were featured, the mission was featured in the New York Times recently. Yeah, Ben Shuri mm-hmm. gave us a like. A, oh, a quote I saw that. that. That we were one of his favorite podcasts, mm-hmm. which I have find hard to believe. I think I think we we swear too much for him to enjoy it. I can just imagine <laughs> his PR like, company, your PR company, <laughs> told us to say that. <laughs> no, thank you so much, Ben. <laughs> if you ever listen to this, um, but uh, you know, I, I, you would think that something like that would give us a massive spike in 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 in, in new, new listeners, but it didn't really it didn't, at all. No. It's funny, like you know, people think that these, like you know, oh, it's so insane to be featured in this. Yeah, but I guess like Americans don't really care. The general American New York Times reader doesn't really give a shit about food in Australia, especially if it's such a niche thing. Like, yeah, I, I just listen to two idiots swear for an hour. I don't know, <laughs> if I was American, I'd be pretty keen to hear Australians swear. Like, you know, like when, when you eventually move back, you'll miss that, I reckon. Yeah, totally. That's why you'll keep listening to the mission <laughs> to all your friends. Of course, I will. <laughs> um, so, uh, Lee Chan also. Uh, went on to kind of uh, speak about the other article we spoke about in which Pete Wells uh, kind of... Why doesn't Lee Tran just have her own podcast? She does, <laughs> but, but she doesn't handle these, these, these uh, potentially controversial things. She doesn't tackle these issues on the show. She's, she's, so, she's a very polite host. She's she would never, ever get into an argument polite. with a, with no, a guest. Sure we love that. Yes. That's and like, we'll, have, we'll probably have her on again to argue to with argue her. To argue with her. Yeah. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Let's save it. Let's save it. Let's save it and have her on and then let's have an argument with her. I love it. That's a great idea. Oh, because well, I actually, come on. What is it? <laughs> oh, no. uh, this is suspense. This is about the uh, uh, Pete Wells' thoughts towards the uh, the Noma Mexico pop-up. Ah, uh, right. Okay, you were, I read you that one. Did you go to that? No, no I didn't, didn't go. go. I wish I would have. One of the few Sydney awesome. chefs that didn't leave the country to go there. Yeah. I felt like Lone Ranger back here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was recently in at a, uh, a podcast conference, um, which happens apparently. There were there mm-hmm. several of them. Uh, it was called Audio Craft, and Lee Tran and I were on a conversational podcast um, uh, panel and uh, in it I admitted that um, whenever we have a chef on that I don't I'm not too familiar with my the entirety of my research is just going back and finding the episode of the unbearable lightness of being hungry <laughs> and listening to her interview with him and then bringing up points that I <laughs> thorough research Levins thorough well, it is because Lee Train actually does do a lot of research yeah she's yeah, incredible she with her research um, so uh, this week's articles and this week, we, what we do on the midget now is we kind of talk about relevant articles uh, to the food and hospitality industry and um, normally it's you know a couple, so grown up now a couple of us uh, 
try. So much. Yeah. We, no, we don't really try. We see something that someone smarter than us shared on Facebook and then send it to each other. And, and then neither of us actually read it. There's a headline I read this. Yeah. I didn't read it though. <laughs> <laughs> but this week's articles have been sourced by none other than Mitchell Orr. You did very good last week, mate. Yeah. Uh, sent out quite a few. Although I want to point out that <laughs> in the midst of all these great articles, you also sent me twice a video, which I couldn't even watch, which was, I thought you were hacked or something. Waitress caught shoving hot dog inside her before serving it to customer. <laughs> it's, just, it's pretty amazing. It's unbelievable. But you said it's twice. Because I no, because I, I put my God, phone in my pocket and it. I pulled it back out and it was still like on the send thing, so I didn't think I'd press send. <laughs> Sorry, send it. I thought it was like one of those weird phishing scams where, like, in, in order to watch it, no. you have to re-put your password. And in. I have to give credit; it was actually Lil Masu Chef that sent me that. <laughs> <laughs> what you put it in a butt? No. Wow, wow. Oh, God. <laughs> it would be pretty hard to put a hot dog in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like just in a crack or something. No. No, wow. No, like <laughs> in, inside her. Wow. Well, I'll be sending that twice to all my friends. It's really amazing because she looks, there's someone else comes into the kitchen and she sort of waits and then looks around and then does like the, the double take <laughs> and then proceeds to... Uh, contaminate the hot dog <laughs> and it puts it on a bun. That's, how, what's a, that's what I call sex too, Mitch. <laughs> I, I was trying to keep it classy. And then the person comes back and then she very nonchalantly sources the hot dog. No. Oh, wow. I wonder who and she was like, serving it know. to. It's pretty amazing. Wow. And this comes uh, hot off the heels of uh, me complaining that you can't get a good hot dog in Sydney. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Maybe you don't want a hot it's dog. It's three, three years since I closed my diner, the dip, uh, like this week, I think, yeah. almost. Um, and uh, there could not be more burger places in Sydney yep. that mm. do like pretty much exactly the same burger. Like, you, it, mm. Five yeah, years ago, you could, it was impossible burger, yeah. to get... Uh, a, a classic American cheeseburger. The only place that was doing it properly was was Hongi yeah. at, at Lotus. Mm. Um, and uh, and Terry Durack and other like you know old school critics hated it. Yeah, couldn't understand why anyone wanted this <laughs> soft, very you know juicy, juicy, fatty, fatty uh, you know somewhat celebratory, artificial tasting burger because of the ketchup and the mustard. But now it's like you know, the, the, and like famously they 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 did a, a burger war that Miffy Wrigley organised, thinking that it would go to Dan and yeah. pitted Dan, Neil Perry and, and Hongi's Burgers and a few other hilarious burgers. I think Fassie did one. A rissole. A rissole. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and Hongi famously got the least votes. Yeah. And then and 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 Rockpool Burger, which I don't think is like you know I, I understand that it has its place. That Rockpool Burger is not a burger for me. Um, and so uh, it's just very amusing that now Neil Perry's like you know the the biggest thing that he's you know that known for in Australia at the moment is Burger Project, yeah. which is so much more in line with what Hongi was trying to do than what Ropper was trying to do five years ago. Mm. Yeah, it's surprising. Well, and they're about to have another little rivalry across the mm. alleyway. Oh, really? Well, yeah, the new oh yeah, of course. Restaurant. Shit, Chinese wars. Chinese wars on uh, Bridge Lane. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was saying, th th there are so many places to get cheeseburgers from now. Like it feels like a new, you know, good good foods most read story every single week is a new a new burger place opening in a place that already has ten burger places opening. But you can't get a fucking hot dog anywhere. Yeah. Do you have you got love for hot dogs? I love hot dogs. Yeah, I, I but I don't even. I, I guess I don't even bother trying to find it. Like I just I don't crave it because I know I can't get it. Which yeah. 
which I don't upsets ever me. think about a hot dog in Sydney. Yeah, I go to New York and eat a hot dog. But yeah, yeah. There's a place, Guilty, the burger burger joint there, run by the Jimmy's Burgers guy. And I only I only ever go there to eat his burgers, which are very good. Mm. But he has hot dogs on the menu there, which are apparently really good. And the so the you're. You, knew, you go there to eat a burger, but you haven't eaten a hot dog, so you're perpetuating. I know, I know, I know. I need to go get this dog. Well, he's you know he's Jimmy's Burgers. He's not Jimmy's hot dogs. <laughs> but apparently, it's uh, the the guy who makes um, the Frankfurts is another American living in Australia, Eli Challenger, who oh, does yeah. Challenger Small Goods from Bondi. Um, I bought a bunch oh, of his like ham and bacon for Christmas last year. It's good stuff. So I have to go check that out. Anyway, could be updated, mentioned listeners. Um, hot dogs. Speaking of hot dogs, burgers, <laughs> dude food. The most important oh. story that Mitch found this week Very important. involves one of the most influential chefs in the in the world, Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we on in the what way? on the other side of the world over here, you know, all we really have to you know base our knowledge of Guy Fieri off is the odd glimpse at one of his shows. Be it what is it called, like diners, drive, uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives. I um, do know it. That's a fun it's show. It's like my dad's favorite show. That's a fun show though. And that's just like him yeah. like taking highway, highway, what's the famous highway? 60? Uh, Route 66. Route 66, yeah, yeah. yeah. And driving around uh, and, and eating at, you know, all the Yeah, the like kind of divey places. Yeah, the closest Guy Fieri experience I've ever had was in Dallas airport. There's a big Guy Fieri <laughs> freaking diner that's like super over the top and one of his places and yeah, yeah right. and me and Louis just sort of me and Hongi sorry looked at it and was just like oh I don't know <laughs> and I like had his like 10 TVs with his show playing and all that oh kind gosh. of stuff but anyway I'm not familiar with anything food wise the guy Fieri I only know the hat I mean the blonde hair and the sunglasses well, on the back. What's Danny? What's your, what's your, as an American chef? What's your, what's your experience with Guy Fieri? I none. I mean, it's not like I've ever been to any of his <laughs> restaurants. But you I've, do know about donkey. sauce, I know about right? donkey sauce. What's donkey sauce? I don't. Well, I I know about <laughs> it, but I don't. Is it like a mayonnaise sauce with chili and all kinds right, of stuff? Right. Okay. So the news has come out in an Esquire article, and Guy Fieri has admitted. Oh, everyone, just sit down for this. The donkey sauce is literally. Just aioli. What? It's a scandal. <laughs> it's rocked the food world this morning. It's just, he admitted that it's basically just aioli, but that doesn't make it sexy. <laughs> what? I feel like my mind is exploding. Why would right something now? called donkey sauce be considered know. sexy? So apparently, yeah, how's it, that be- better? it became known as donkey sauce because once upon a time, Fieri said that you have to put sauce on a burger, otherwise, you're a jackass. And then another chef with a quotation marks thick accent asked what a jackass was and it was explained that it's a donkey. So it became known as donkey sauce. Okay. That's a good story. I like that. Yeah. That's a good good origin story. Yeah. I'd watch a movie based around that. So donkey sauce is the new and improved sexier aioli. So has he just never given a recipe for this? No, he's just like never admitted what it was or anything. He just serves it and sells it. it and calls it donkey sauce. It's a a garlicky mayo with chili in it. I don't even know if it has chili in it. Yeah, maybe it's just garlic mayonnaise. I guess none of us would know because none of us have eaten Eaten it. it. Why didn't you go there in Dallas and report (laughs) back? One of the best ever scathing reviews. Was it Pete Wells? That review, no, it wasn't. It was was somebody else, but it was... It was in the New York Times, right? Laugh out loud funny. Of uh, the Fieri place? You feel bad, but... You don't really. I kind of do for the people that work there. like Uh, Because for him, no, but for everyone else that does, maybe people... the general clientele that... 
go there wouldn't give a fuck and they'd probably never even read that. No, the people, it's in Times Square. Like yeah. the people that go there are all tourists from somewhere else. It's definitely not New Yorkers dining mm. at Guy Fieri's restaurant. But, you know, I, I guess, yeah, I, my heart goes out to the people that actually care and love what they do and work there if there are any. But the reviews of the food and the decor <laughs> and the style of service are just hilarious. It's so, so scathing. I don't think I yeah. Oh, man, you got to I'll, I'll, I'll oh, put up on the Mission to. Facebook page, which yeah, you can find you at facebook.com slash the mission. Uh, it's one of the best. I mean, if, if anyone deserves it, it's Guy Fieri. It'll go down in infamy, I think. Is, that, is that, that place review? still open? I don't even know. Angus, the co-host of my other podcast, mm. Hey Fam, he's eaten at Guy Fieri's restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking has. I think Angus exclusively eats <laughs> He's obsessed with this reality show that you can watch on SBS On Demand on that app mm-hmm. um, which is a very good um, mm-hmm. TV app you can watch the latest Fargo and there's a really good show called um, Nirvana The Band The Show that I just got into that's really really good mm-hmm. it's like a, it reminds me of like Flight of the Concords it's very oh, good oh cool yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he's obsessed with the show that you can watch and they're called Mystery Diners okay and it is like a um, a guy it's like a vigilante almost like a guy <laughs> goes undercover to expose um, like so, basically, he'll he'll talk with the management of 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 a you know of, of restaurants that actually exist, and they'll send someone in undercover to see if their their staff are honest or scamming them. Uh. And it's always like this ridiculously heightened drama. The, it's the like host, a reverse undercover boss kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the, the the host is so dry and ridiculous. Um, yeah, so n- another good. We, do, we occasionally give updates on, on food television you should watch. You probably shouldn't watch that unless you like terrible <laughs> reality TV. <laughs> hungry, hungry, probably watch yeah. that. <laughs> so, Danielle, um, actually, did you go as well? Did, were, you at, were both of you guys at Dark Mofo or just, just Danielle? No. I went. Um, I cooked there. It was. In- it's an incredible event. So, it's a massive... It looked is, pretty amazing. Is it two weekends? Yeah. Now, this year was the first year they did two weekends. Down, um, down in Hobart? It used to be one only, but I think it's just gotten so big that they've opened it up um, it over the two be, weekends. It used to be just at MoMA, and now it's like the entirety of Hobart. Mo- Hobart. Mona. Mona. That's right. Yep. Very big um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's there's stuff going on all over the city. And the whole city gets into it. Like they light up. So obviously it's all about celebrating the dead of winter and everything's very winter dark. And, and yeah. yeah. Um, and they light up the whole city with red lights. And there is that kind of undercurrent theme of, of darkness. And uh, they get in all these crazy like death metal bands to play shows. And um, even a like lot re- of the art is really like dark. Dark European house on, on like the, mm-hmm. uh, the techno side as well. Yeah. Um, so what were you down there doing? I was part of the winter feast, so I was cooking with the guys in the Mona kitchen, in the heavy metal kitchen, mm-hmm. which is amazing. They have all this really cool um, stuff that they designed and built um, to cook. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um, to cook over fire with fire, um, like a huge smoker, the wall of fire, which I was using for cooking whole um, hog it, um, beautiful grills. And um, so they were there for the both weekends. I was there on the second one. I think Dave Verhal from Embla worked with them the first weekend. And I, I went over a few weeks earlier and met this woman who raises um, these beautiful lambs and hoggets and mutton and decided to buy some from her. And we cooked those whole on the wall of fire Served it with chimichurri and that's it. Nice. Awesome. Sold heaps. There's so many people that go there. My God, yeah. thousands. Heaps of people travel too. Yeah. Like lot, from lots all over. of Sydney siders are down there. Well, there yeah, was a cruise like, ship that went full yeah, that's right. from, yeah. from Sydney. Yeah, down, they organized yeah. it. Um, so One it was of my a Mona did that actually. trip. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it docks right at the pier right there. Yeah. You get off and you know, you're there for two days. It's I, awesome. I think there's like a lawlessness. Um, of the uh, of the event that appeals to yeah. Sid- you know Sydney clubbers yeah, yeah. yeah that, for that sure. can't go out for past sure. one thirty in yeah. Sydney anymore because yeah. um, people were like just out all fucking night yeah. drinking in the street yeah. oh yeah. totally like, that's well, the best yeah the way it, sh- it should be the way it should um, be so one thing that was not allowed to happen at Dark Mofo this year or certainly not in the uh, to the extent that it was originally intended to is a an artwork a kind of performance piece by uh, an artist called Herman Nitsch. Herman Nietzsche. Thank you. You should play a drinking game one day. <laughs> Next time you listen to Mitchin, every time I get corrected, <laughs> you do a shot. I guarantee I someone like, will die. I want a little like bell and a little number just pops up <laughs> in, the, in the corner of the screen every time oh, it happens. <laughs> Ding. Um, but uh, his, his performance piece was, uh, I kind of comment on where we get our food from and, and, and knowing the, you know, it was, was it a, a celebration of, of butchering, right? I don't know. Yeah. No, I like <laughs> ding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was meant to be um a celebration. It was meant of, to be confrontational. Yeah, it's meant to be confrontational. I I think actually for me it was super interesting that that was going on, you know, just down the road and there were hundreds I don't know about thousands but hundreds of people protesting mm. outside um because I guess for those of you who don't know, he Basically, this performance piece is him kind of holding a bull sort of like on a crucifix and people carry it around um, in this ceremony, displaying it. And the people that are carrying it are, you know, covered in blood and they use gallons of it. And it's all very meant to be confrontational and very gruesome. And um, they don't kill the animal in front of you, but it's just kind of displaying it after it's been killed. Um, and they pull all of its guts out. And, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, I, I, I suppose, yes, the undercurrent is this is the food that you're eating. Why can't you look at it, you know, 
in this state and just accept that this is how it how it is but just down the road i'm cooking six whole hogget like hanging by a and hanging no, by a cross in front of a fire and no one says on anything about that like i even had someone come up to me and they were like oh can you take a, a good up close photo of these lambs because I'm going to send them to my friend who is protesting <laughs> outside of, the, outside of the, the performance. I was like, yeah, awesome. Bring it, bring it on. Um, so there was an article that Mitch sent me that he stole from David Moyle's wall that he yeah. posted. Um, and this article is, uh, is on, a, on a blog of a, a farmer. Oh, it's on the, the mobile version. doesn't display his name. I'll, I'll figure it out. But um, it's this incredible story of, uh, you know, that this guy raises cattle and um there was a runt of the litter and um his 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 mother um died basically Mm -hmm. and the the calf wasn't able to feed and so he organized for someone to purchase the calf and then he takes the calf home um and the calf calf wakes up with mucus pouring out of its nose the next morning and he realizes that it's sick and the entire time that this calf that he has found a buyer for is dying you know he says this is a a hobart tasmanian resident as well um he's just thinking about this performance piece that isn't allowed to happen and Mm. how you know people are just so unaware of of what goes into raising cattle or any animal or any animal you know that people viewing things as just food and not knowing where it comes from yeah it's it's a huge a huge issue i think a huge disconnect ah yeah it's you get things in little plastic containers that grocery stores and you you know i i left um we did chicken recently and like a lot of people i I left the feed on because they were beautiful and Mm -hmm. you know we got them in like that and the amount of people that like just couldn't they were like can you please take this back and take the feed off because i can't even look at this and you know obviously in asian cultures where that's like very common that's not an issue but yeah. yeah but there seems to be something going on with people where they just have no sense mm. of how difficult it is uh you know again price of food comes into that um raising animals how they're slaughtered how they get from there to your plate is there's a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of love too that goes mm. into that from a lot of people what i found really <clears throat> what i found really interesting about the article which you can find on valleyfield.com.au uh, it's been written by a farmer called glenn Huan. He also has a lot of different. I probably, I'm sure, you can give me a ding for that. I'm sure I mispronounced his name, um, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, but it's, it's, it's a great website, like stacks of you know personal information, but also like uh, you know uh, recipes and all that kind of thing. But um, with, within it, he admits to not even eating meat that often, hmm. which yeah, I found, yeah, fascinating. I, I kind of feel like if you saw things happen from start to finish a bit more, and you were you involved in the much. process somehow, you probably wouldn't eat meat. As much, and there's like the, he it displays in this post, which is in, an incredible and moving read, like so much empathy towards this calf that his mm. it's now not part of the process of it's, it's he's off the farm now. He has this like he's he's gone from potential meal to pet, yeah. And how- uh, but even on the farm, it was the same. It was his his issue was more of how everybody else would see that mm. like for him it sort of stays the same his love and care stays the same from the farm to the suburbs but he was scared about having the calf which was now dead in the suburbs rather than it being a dead calf on a farm it's mm. now a dead calf on the front porch of you know 
downtown Hobart, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? And how people would react to that. Mm. Whereas if it was on the farm where they don't see or don't know, it's not an issue. You know what sure. I mean? It's just part of it. Yeah. yeah. Like there's an amazing part where he's like, maybe I could just put the calf in the bin. But he's like, well, if the carvos come along and then a calf falls out of the bin, what it, like you know, or if someone sees me dumping this rolled up <laughs> thing into the bin, you know, like yeah. yeah. So it's like, or well, then does he take it back and cremate it at the farm, or et cetera, et cetera? It's it's, it's a really interesting cool dilemma, yeah. I guess. Probably not and one. It, yeah, it just goes to that disconnect of yeah. You know what's happening as soon as you take it from the farm. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. It made me realize, I mean, Mike Eggert used to always push on about th- we should do an episode with farmers, mm. particularly livestock farmers, because I think that would be like a pretty interesting and eye-opening conversation. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that would be a good one. If you can find ones that, that want to talk a lot yeah, of them sure. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, it might, might mean us having to go rural. Yeah. <laughs> You're quite, going quite rural. Quite great. Then, yeah. Imagine the sound of yeah. like sheep in the background. Just those chirping birds that only appear like as 50 kilometers outside of Sydney. As long yeah. as there's 4G, bro, I'll be What was it like dealing, well, you know, what's it like dealing directly with, with, a, with a farmer? Oh, it's the best. I, I don't really want to do it any other way. I think um, when you... I think in the restaurant we can get so stuck into our like day to day and how hard things can be and you know our prep and all that but I think the moment you speak to someone who's so far removed from that but yet still so involved in your menu and your process it's really in it inspires me it, it reinvigorates me like anytime I'm feeling a bit kind of run down I call one of those guys and I'm like okay what's coming what have we got what's in the ground and they're so excited about what they do and that kind of brings life back to me which I hope I can transfer to my kitchen I always think about how few of uh, Sydney's restaurant suppliers are able to actually afford the meals that their, their, that some of their produce goes on to create yeah probably not many I mean I think a lot of the what I, I'm all for totally fair pricing so I, I I don't really like haggle with them I probably my bosses shouldn't be listening to this. But, you know, I, I trust them to... They listen to the past, to, <laughs> to do right by To do right by us and, and charge fairly and charge enough to have the life that they want to have. And if we can pay for that um, and price it as such on our menu where people still want to come in and eat it, then I feel like that's a win-win for everyone. For a lot of them, if I knew that they couldn't, I would invite them in and just you know treat them to a meal because they should be having the food that we're serving that they're providing us with they should see it all happening one thing i remember really clearly is uh we've spoken about him on the podcast before but Vinny from verdi verdura whenever he had pine mushrooms he would take them to you mitch mm-hmm. because you were cooking up pine mushroom <laughs> pasta it's always interesting to see how excited they get like yeah norm who we get potatoes from who has a store down at um, Carriage Works on Saturdays. Whenever I go and get potatoes from him, he's like, what, what are you doing? And I say, what what varieties have you got on? What's going on? You know, he's like, oh, we've got this. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I want to do a potato salad. Like we used to do potato salad days with the, with the burrata. Mm. So it's like potatoes sliced in, pressed, cooked with duck fat, echelot, thyme, and then you sort of cut it and grill it so you see all the, the layers. And he was like, oh, that's mate. Like, you know, they just see yeah. 
and then that you know they might eat fucking boiled potatoes every night i yeah. don't know but then to see the creative process of something as simple as a potato really insp- like the it joy on them. their face yeah. yeah and then you know you go and take them some or show them just a photo or something oh fuck amazing you know it's, it's a really, really cool. good i think like sort of conversion of energy from from them to you and you back to them mm. um it kept the inspiration and kind of the the love for what each of you do can go both ways i think it's i don't know i would love to see more of that from from more of us let's get to the email shall we sure we're getting we're getting stacks of emails now danielle we're wow. getting like like in between each episode like five oh. a lot of them are like requesting things that we said we would put up like and episodes upon episodes. And <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people want your mexico like, list there's like four things that Lev said he'll put up this week that we're definitely like okay. <laughs> yeah the guy fieri one review. Fieri i remember one. that one and then and the um the glenn horn oh article. yeah yeah um uh, people asking for your Mexico trip details. Just listen to the fucking podcast. It's all there. You said email me and I'll <laughs> oh, send well, no you Well, no one emails me. I don't get these <laughs> emails, bro. He doesn't have admin privileges. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you don't will. forward them to me. I don't see them. Um, my favorite email that I got last this week was um, uh, you got invited, just you, <laughs> um, to um, a, a free meal at the Botany View Hotel. It's the new, oh. uh, the, the new guys that have from done a, from a PR company. Yeah, they've done like uh, the same chef that's done like uh, Lady Hampshire yeah, and Lord Gladstone Gladys. meals. But yeah, it's just me, hey Mitch, <laughs> and um, and I get you do get a guest though. So I oh, think that's the expectation is that. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> what if I give you admin privilege? Have we? Already, have we <laughs> is it already gone though? Have we already missed it? Um, no, but um, oh, when is it? It's whenever you like. I think bookings uh, are essential. Just reply to this email. Confirm your interest. Uh, you going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> That's very nice. I have to gauge my interest. Um, all right. So I've got a very good one here from uh, the Alex who runs a pizza restaurant in Alexandria. Um, he says, I have an issue I feel is worth a mention. I think you may have touched on this before. I feel like there is a big disconnect between guests and the restaurants when it comes to rectifying problems with a dining experience. The usual things. I don't like this. It's not what I thought it would be, etc. It seems like some guests have no idea when any self-respecting restaurant is happy to fix a problem when they can. Or maybe some people seem content to have their night ruined so they can rant about it on Facebook later on. <laughs> if it is indeed the former, how can we educate people and create the mindset that a restaurant owner and its staff are there to serve, not just take your money in exchange for food? Uh, hmm. it's tough man because it happens all the time right someone comes in and you say you know it seems like they're having a really good time and your wait staff are engaging with them and how is everything etc etc and then everything's fine they tip and then they leave and then there's a big rant on your Facebook page wall or on Yelp mm. or whatever the fuck and it is that thing of do people just want to get the attention online and get the likes or the interaction or whatever or, you know, do they go away and they're a little bit pissed or, you know, what happens in the in the meantime and why don't they say something? And then there's the other end of the scale where people walk in from the... Mo- like, before they... Even, and then they're just set on having a shit time. Yeah. No matter what you do. Mm. And... It's got nothing to do with the restaurant. It's got nothing to do with what you're serving. It's got nothing to do with the service. Mm. It's just they're in that frame of mind that they're going to be difficult. And you can't, you can't win. You can't you please never, everyone all yeah, the time. Yeah, you're not going to please them. I think yeah. there is a bit of just accepting that that's always going to happen. 
Um, as far as <laughs> educating people, <laughs> Mitch just, just drank, drank down the wrong hole. <laughs> um, as far as educating guests, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much else we can do aside from, you know, cooking on display and trying to make sure that they have a good time. Like, if if they are going to come in and just know that they're going to have a bad time, well, nothing mm. you're going to do is going to fix that. And but if if someone hasn't eaten something and your wait staff say, is everything okay? Is there something wrong with the dish or la, mm. la, la? And they say, no, 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 it's all fine. You've done your you, part, What can yeah. you do, you know? And sometimes they are just full and that's fine. Sometimes they didn't like it. And you know what? That's fine too. Not everyone has to like everything. If we fuck something up and did something wrong, yeah. then we'll go out of our way to fix it. Yeah. But and if you didn't like something and that's your personal taste then that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to like everything, but we don't have to cater to every single whim that you have either. No. So you cannot like something, and, but if we executed what we were trying to execute, then that's cool. And you, then, you know, to what? know Probably what? you'll still get free dessert anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you have to know what you stand for, I think, as, as yeah. cooks and chefs and restaurateurs and everything. You have to know what your best is, and sometimes we do get it wrong. Like, absolutely, mistakes happen, um, and that's always going to be the case. None of us are perfect. Um, but we'll always try and go above and beyond to make your experience amazing. And if it does come back uh, that we've missed something, that you have a serious complaint about something, because, yeah, I mean, some people want to make their voices heard. They, you know, maybe they do just want another free meal or something like that. Yeah. But you still have to address it. And, yeah. like, one of my bosses always says, um, every complaint is an opportunity to make a friend, <laughs> which is a little bit cheesy, but we do, obviously we do take it quite seriously. We want to get all the details and understand what went wrong. We offer them something if we feel like it's valid to yeah. come in again and let us win you over. Yeah. Um, but in the case of someone who just wants to be difficult and cranky, you got to just let it go. Yeah. Sometimes you can just lull on the Instagram post and let it escalate. Yeah. Yeah. If you, are, if you are a diner and you have a problem, I mean, I think it should be known that you should address that problem instead of just keeping quiet yeah. because... Not in a cunty way. Almost just, all... You know, yeah. Or just ranting publicly. Like, yeah. I think that's, that's worse. Like, yeah. address it or don't say anything. Very few restaurants will, will, will ignore you. No. Yeah. But people that care about what they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, this actually ties into uh, our next email. Um, kind of tight. Thanks to Alex for the last one. This actually could be, could be advice we can give to Jez, who writes and says, "Hey, Levens and Or, you guys and everyone else who knows what's going on, Hong et al. <laughs> recommend Automata." <laughs> so we dutifully went table for two. Great table, lovely stuff. I agree, Jez. The natural wine pairing is an OMFG moment. So I, at this point of the email, I was like, "Oh, good. He loved it." <laughs> It smells like a urinal from Italy. Isn't that a long way for a fresh natural wine to come from? Please correct me if that's wrong. But drinking it with the dish it's paired with, it's still close to passiona mixed with cold tea. My question is, delicious. how do I convey that, that convey that this is utter shit? It's a moment most of us who don't go out, save for a special occasion, don't know how to deal with. So I'm asking if there's a way to ask about getting a black without getting a black mark on our table. Love your work. Oh, sorry. Don't call him Jez, everybody. He, his nickname is J-Rock. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, what I mean, is he? Sorry. That, that, so sounds, it, it, that sounds delicious to me. But if they ordered a matching, obviously ordered the matching wines, right? So, that's a set thing of wines that the sommelier would have chosen to go with the food. 
and that's based on the Similia's palette. And, and Similia, Tim is a good, good friend of ours and I think a very great song as well. Mm. Yeah. So. so that doesn't mean that, again, that doesn't mean that you're going to like every wine that's poured for you in a tasting. And you know what? At somewhere like Automata, all you have to do is say, I don't particularly like this wine. Yeah. It's not to my palate. Or, you know, it tastes, it's too funky for me. It's too barnyard, whatever. Which is fine. Yeah. If you let them know, Tim will probably say, oh, are you sure? You know, but I, I guarantee you he's going to go and pour you something that's more to your palate. Mm. They've got a stack of boring wines in a cupboard somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but without throwing you know, J-Rock under the bus, but, but like, you know, the natural wine if is... you don't if, communicate exactly. that... They're not like we're not mind readers. Yeah, you know you've got to communicate the experience that you want to have as well. Yeah, and they will go above, like they will go above and beyond to meet that. And if you say, "Oh, I really, really don't like this wine," okay, cool, no worries. What What do you like? Mm. And let me pour you something else. I think natural wine too is is one of those things for a lot of people where it's so different to you know conventional wine that. I think for people that don't have experience with that, it can be like, whoa, pretty confronting. What is yeah. this? You know, yeah, it can be like that. <clears throat> but as you said, any any respectable restaurant that believes in good hospitality will seek to give you something that you do like. You know, but in a restaurant like that where the menu is set and the wine pairing is matched, it's considered thoughtful people that have you know thought about these pairings and have decided on on this based on the ethos of the restaurant exactly. and the style of food and the style of wine they serve etc et yeah and and you should have an understanding of that i think when you go into restaurants mm. like that that you know it's not a la carte you're not choosing all these things and whereas maybe you don't have to do the wine pairing it's still it still should fall in line with that experience as a whole yeah but you know, you still might not like it. And, and and before you do a wine pairing, ask questions about it. If you know yeah. that, that this restaurant is renowned for natural wines, but you're yeah. not familiar with them to the mm-hmm. point that you think a, a, a wine from Italy is not, is, <laughs> is not fresh, <laughs> so, yeah. um, then uh, you know get 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 Tim to tell you what, what the wine is going to taste like, and he might maybe he'll say, well, the first wine tastes like passiona with yeah. cold tea, yeah. and half your table might be like, that sounds interesting, and you might be like, that sounds fucked. Yeah, you might be like, fuck that. Can I just have a stab blanc? Yeah, mm. because the, the, you know those wines you those wines aren't for everybody. Yeah. But it is, you know, it is part of what makes Automata special is the, the knowledge that they have for those types of wines mm-hmm. pairing with with Clayton's food. But just like some foods aren't for everyone, you know, yeah, like hundred percent. Like at I, I know this might be controversial, but like at Noma Australia, there were some things for me that were kind of hard to eat, mm. just not enjoyable in that way, but. I could still really appreciate and understand what those guys are doing and what they're trying to show us. And I know going into a dining experience like that, that I'm probably going to get a little bit of that. Yeah. And, and, and you just asked for the donkey sauce. And yeah. Just and that fine. just made it palatable. <laughs> yeah, like, just communicate. Yeah. Like, don't be a jackass about it, but just communicate, you know, like, and the more you communicate with your server or the sommelier or if a chef serving you or whoever it may be, the better your experience is going to be because we all want you to have a great time and we all want you to want to come back. Yeah. So, we're going to do our best to make you have the best night possible. You know what I mean? So, if you're open to that, then everyone's going to have a really fucking good time mm. and the whole restaurant's going to have an amazing energy. If you're not open to that... Communicate. It's not going to happen. 
Awesome. Mm. Well, that is the end of the mission. Um, and before we do all the sign-offs, Danielle, I want you to uh, think of a song that you want to end this episode on. Any song that you're enjoying at the moment, and we'll just make that the last, the last minute of this episode. And while Danielle talks about that, Mitch, you did a, uh, a pop-up. Not a pop-up, like a kind of a one-off night last Tuesday at Acme. Um, oh, yeah, I did. Which you uh, paid homage to, uh, like, Red Sauce Italian. Red Sauce American Italian. Which is one of my favorite cuisines yeah, one that you fun. thought you hated and then you no, started cooking I, it and you were like oh wait i love this <laughs> i yeah i i love it and i hate it. i actually i hate it because it's the baseline of everyone just thinking they can do italian food and doing it bad mm-hmm. but it was actually a lot of fun to do so we'll probably do another one sometime in the near future but uh also i just need to mention that Adam Woofers and Mark Demo take over Bar Brose tonight for the next two months Ooh. doing Wolfie's uh, food from Wolfie's Heritage. And these, Jewish these are chefs from Room 40? Room 40. No, wait, what the fuck is it used to be called? Ding. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow. Yellow. What? Wait. Room 40? Room 10. Are room you 10. talking about Room 10? Uh, wasn't Wolfie just room 10? did a pop-up. Wolfie just served him, <laughs> had his matzo ball soup available. At the worst thing is I don't even so edit this anymore, room so I can't 40? even edit out all these fuck-ups room? I constantly make. What's so, room 40? Nothing. I have no fucking nothing. idea. It does not exist. And look it up. Is that your apartment? <laughs> 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 so, Wolfie used to be head chef at Yellow uh-huh. and was uh, has been in the Bentley stable for quite some time and is now out on his own. And he did a pop-up, him and Mark did a pop-up at Cassoni where they just served the same sort of Jewish... Hungarian, European influenced foods of Wolfie's childhood, mm-hmm. obviously tricked up in that, you know, into a restaurant setting. And then last week, Wolfie did a couple of soups for Room 10 during the day. <laughs> this is Room 40, <laughs> And then, um, and no, now no, it's not for the next. It's crazy. <laughs> for the, it's very crazy. For the next two months, they're going to be at Bar Rose. Um, Wolfie's food's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. The matzo ball soup, like, God, I'm pretty so sure much you've seen it. it and heard yeah. about it. It's really Excited. fucking good, but everything else he's doing looks amazing as well. He's got like a parsnip schnitzel kind of thing. Wow. And awesome. Something, some crazy boma thing. I'm going to go for dinner tonight and eat the whole menu with Pussy. So cool. come and check it out. And Demo will be on the floor, one of the OGs of the industry, an old industry legend. We used to work together at 121 BC. Awesome. So, yeah. What was that? 40 BC. Yeah, 40 BC. Yeah. <laughs> room 40 BC. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a fun two months. So, come down, check it out. I looked up what room 40 is. They deliver sound parcels oh, from, the, from the antipodes <laughs> since the turn of the century. I need like a classical label. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm a goose, okay? <laughs> Everyone knows I'm a fucking You're goose. Uh, you can find me, the goose, online at Levdog, L-E-V-D-O-W-G, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mitch is at Instacrill and at Krillin on the run. Danielle is, oh, I'm going to fuck it up. On Instagram, Danielle Marie Alvarez. Pretty easy one. And uh, you can find us at Room 40. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you can find uh, The Mitchin, facebook.com slash The Mitchin, and send us an email like so many good listeners do, uh, The Mitchin Podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love making fun of you. The more emails we send, the less work we have to do. It's great. <laughs> Danielle uh, can be found uh, at Fred's in Paddington. Yeah. Maybe. Oh. Maybe. Shut up. <laughs> she just I'll finds out when you're coming and doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah. Takes an and they're Tuesday to Saturday most weeks, okay? <laughs> and uh, what song are we going to end on? We're going to end on Miguel Sure Thing. That's Ooh. awesome. I had to play a... Um, fave. I had to play a, a party on... Uh, did I tell you about this? The J. Cole party? Yeah. So, ah, I missed it. <laughs> so I, uh, on Saturday, I, I got booked for a party called... Uh, 
J. Cole, J. Cole versus Chance the Rapper. And I was like, yeah, cool. I like Chance the Rapper. I'll play the Chance the Rapper room. Yeah. It was a one room party. <laughs> I was the only DJ playing from, uh, from 10 till 3. And I, I just don't like that. Like J. Cole J. sucks. Yeah. Although he has two good songs with Miguel. And so I played yeah. those songs a lot. And then I had all his entire back catalog that I may have acquired illegally. And, and I didn't listen to it in, in, uh, beforehand. I just waited for angry people to come and be like, why haven't you played this song yet? I'm like, I'm going to play it right now for you. <laughs> but I wish I could have played this instead. So this is uh, Miguel with uh, Sure Thing. Thanks so much, Danielle. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mitch. Always Thanks, fun. Thanks, Room 40. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.